<laughs> we said that we wanted to do our intro with a bit more energy. So, so there is more energy. That was banging today, mate. Absolute banger of an episode. I really enjoyed the conversation around the pay gap uh, and the lioness's big win. Yeah, but my favourite segment, Josh, was inside the mind of Josh Connolly, where we yeah, learned was... about the man behind the myth. There was some wonderful. <laughs> I told you bits it was there. dark in there. <laughs> I told you it was dark in there. Yeah, we did that. And the the other conversation that we had was about, um, shall I say the quote has, or shall, shall they listen and find out about the quote? And then they can find say how the we quote on there. Yeah, say the quote. Say all we may. Say all we must. Say all we may. Say all we must. Say all we must. Oh, you did that Took well, Josh. done a really good conversation. Um, look, I really hope people enjoy this. Where can they come and find us? At 115 miles pod on Instagram, we are almost at a thousand followers. 1, 000. Come and get us there if you haven't done so already. Enjoy this episode and we'll see you very soon. This is 115 miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. All right, third time lucky. We have had a few technical issues today, but we have moved back to our trusty old friend Zoom. Uh, yeah, because the technical issues are born out of... Hass does this a lot in my life. He builds these things up and tells me you should definitely use them and let's do it. He brings them into my life. We get excited and they turn out to be shit. Like everything else he's introduced into my life. Oh well, that's a nice start, Josh. How's your morning? Have you had a bit? Have you had a? Have you had a bad morning, Josh? No, I did. Do you know what I did today? This morning? Do you know how I started in the morning? Oh, your routine. Let me guess. Yeah. Bit no, break, I did a, a little breath work. Did a steam. I did a breath work in the steam room, huh? Oh. Was there anyone in the steam room with you, Josh? No. <laughs> I imagine if you started doing some crazy breath work and there's another person in the steam room, you'd freak them out a little bit. Wow. I did actually meet a guy called uh, Yasif in the steam room who works for the Salvation Army uh, in the drug and alcohol recovery part. And I am going to deliver a breathwork for their whole team in London um, next month. Well, you can meet the strangest of people in the strangest of places, can't you, Josh? <laughs> it was funny because when I went on the, the call to meet the rest of his team, yeah. uh, he sort of introduced me and mentioned a couple of times um, that steam room. So yeah, when me and Josh got talking in that steam room and I was like, you keep making out like it's like, <laughs> the, you know, what yeah. happened in that steam room? Stays in the steam um, room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. He just wanted to like let everyone know in his crew that he steams, right? Yeah. With, yeah, with, yeah. with Josh, with handsome hunks. that could be that could be like a podcast. Steam, steaming with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that'd be very good. Yeah, that'd be. So I got the. Uh, you know what's the stuff called? Uh, comes in a little brown pot. Have we talked about this before, mate? Where are you going with this? You know the stuff that comes with. It looks like poppers, but it's not poppers that you use on your nose to clear your nose. 
I've no idea what you're talking about. Olbas. Oh, Olbas. Olbas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You take that in in your pocket and you secretly pour it in the little steam thing so oh, that it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Little contraband in the steam room. Yeah, man. Steaming yeah, man, with Josh yeah, man, with yeah, contraband. Man, yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's all hush hush. <laughs> and like, do you, is there like a code? Like, is everyone up for it? Like, because I would imagine just because you like it, other people might not be down with the old bus. Yeah. So if steaming. if there's somebody else, if there's somebody else in there, yeah, you like pull it out of your pocket and just you you judge it. Yeah. You think is he down with this? Do you or party? Going to be down with this? And then you like hold it out to them. Do you mind if I? And they're like, yeah, yeah, go. Cool. Sometimes they're like, yes, brilliant. I forgot mine. Uh, sometimes so they're like you're having me yes. on right or is this like is this a real thing no th- th- that's genuine mate that's genuine wow. yeah wow yeah when you get into the old steaming sessions you'll learn about that oh mate i am really really excited about you know moving into the steaming phase of my life yeah which is going to be a, a, a long time in the distance i can <laughs> imagine <laughs> so Josh, you, you've already had a bit of an insight because we started recording this, but I'm going to do it again, right? We're going to this segment is called Inside Josh's Mind, and it's a series of questions to help us understand the man behind the myth. So there's no wrong or right answer. We just need to know Josh's answer. So to yeah. kick us off, I'm not going to ask you the one that I asked you before just because I want to keep you on your seven toes. Um, <laughs> what food shouldn't exist, Josh? Um, what food shouldn't exist and why see this is a hard one for me because I eat anything man I eat anything but what food shouldn't exist Um, fucking hell you honestly I'm not often on my speechless I eat everything has okay we're going to come back to it Okay. If you could be a fly on the wall, yeah. Who would you spy on? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, and and uh, adult movies don't count. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would. Do you know what? Genuine. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for a couple of days with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Why is that? Because I'd love to see. You know, like he just looks like he is at, like absolute perfection as an athlete do you know what I mean Mm. like never puts a foot wrong you know when he did that press conference and he took the coke off and said drink water and all that like does he ever pick his nose or or like uh, have a bit of chocolate have a a bit of chocolate and a can of coke he he probably does that he probably does the latter what What? chocolate and a can of coke yeah and he picks his nose I don't know man I don't know man yeah. I reckon he might pick his but nose. Of all the people in all the world, all the scenarios, except Pornhub, right? Yeah. You, you, well, picked... you limited it quite a lot. I with, did, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you picked but... Cristiano Ronaldo. All right. To well, see like whether he picks year his old, nose or not. 15 year old me would have gone with Jennifer Aniston. Really? Yeah. I'm walking around the apartment <laughs> naked. <laughs> That's a very good. Almost impression. <laughs> um, which which that, that, which friend's character were you friend. most like? Do you say of the six? Oh, Chandler, the real life Chandler. Were you? All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say, yeah, yeah, Chandler. People always said I was Ross Geller. Yeah, you are very Ross Geller. Don't yeah. say that, man. 
I, I, even that sounds like Ross Geller, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I used to love Friends. I used to love it. Yeah. I think we might have talked about it a couple of years ago on the podcast, but apparently it's not aged very well if you watch it now. No, it hasn't. It hasn't because there were maybe two black people in the whole of New York while they were Yeah, and a lot it. of the jokes are like... like oh, loads of the jokes, as, yeah. Very, very yeah. like fattest or ageist or... Yeah, ableist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, yeah. But you still love it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it for years, and obviously now I'm a, um, you know, I've moved on, so I wouldn't allow it in my house. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how like all this stuff makes a comeback because Nora, like my eldest, she, she, like, yeah, she just sort of. It, it, yeah, my second it. eldest binged yeah. watched all of them. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I can't stand it though. It just grates on me now. What friends? Yeah, I just can't. What did you not like it back then? I loved either? it in the like you know in in the OG days, but yeah, no, I can't. I think I've just no. seen it so many times. Yeah, same. I've not tried watching it now. Yeah, he died. You know the guy in the cafe died recently. Yeah, I met him once. Did you? Yeah, we because you know I well in the last episode I talked about uh, my retail days and the bad side of it. The good side of it was we used to have all these signings and live events and stuff like that, and they said. We've got a star from Friends coming. We're like, yeah, brilliant. And then they went, it's Gunther. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely guy. Lovely. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Oh, that's brilliant, man. Yeah. Um, so who would play you in a movie, Josh? Um, um, a Tom Hardy. Oh, that's a good choice. I have to say. I've and been I've, been watch- I've been watching before. a lot of Tom Hardy lately because I'm, I'm on season four of Peaky Blinders. I've done that in four days, Josh. I've been binging. Wow. And he's four days. Good. Well, maybe four or five. Yeah, but yeah, I've been really fucking. You bang on about how busy you are, and you never get no downtime, and you've watched four series of Peaky Blinders. I've got in four no, days. I've got no family You're to distract full me. Of shit. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah, course, that's why. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, um, yeah, Tom Hardy, mate. I've been asked that before. Bumped into him once in Coral Reef Swimming Pool. Yeah, where's where's Coral Reef Swimming Pool? Bracknell. Wow. He was just in there in his shorts. With some child, I don't know if it was his. Probably, but his. there was a woman with him that was sort of like helping him look after the child. Wasn't yeah. his girlfriend? How do you know that? Um, um, I'm making an assumption. Okay. Um, and I didn't feel like I could go and say anything to him. Why would you? You were he. You wouldn't do that, right? You would just let him swim with his kid or his nephew. Well, yeah, that's what I did, yeah. Yeah, that's because good. Because that's why I couldn't go and say hello to yeah. him. Also, and he was obviously, also he'd, he look, was obviously he'd look down at your feet and go, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> but I saw him at one point saying to the lady, there's that Josh guy who I'm going to play in a film one day. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and, he's, and he was just saying, I need to bulk up a bit to... To so that meet Josh's physique. Meet Josh's physique. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tom Hardy. I think he's a very good actor. <laughs> Very one yeah. of the best, mate, yeah. and sober, and an all-round nice guy. Yeah, apparently. I lo- there was an interview once. I don't like it, you'll see it on social media, like you know when they do clips of stars being interviewed, and someone asked him about his uh, that his sexuality wasn't very clear, and he just took the and it was like, yeah, I've and, seen then, it. and he said, uh, and but the the person was kind of asking the question in a really. Uh, unclear way and he said are you asking me if I'm gay and the the interviewer went uh, yeah and he was like why why did yeah. you know and it was a real it was a like you just you know basically exposed you know the I- idiocy of that 
that yeah have you seen the craze yes yeah where he plays both yeah people in it yeah, yeah. i came for a shoot oh, you could play tom hardy instead such a in good fact. film mate i am a very good actor I know you are, yeah. You're acting at being a guru and you're doing a very good job of it. So, which animal, which, which animal would be the party animal? Which animal would be the party animal? Yeah. Have you ever seen Madagascar? I have, yeah. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Who's, what animal is that? Do you I know don't know what, what they are, but I know what you mean. Those little... They would be the party animal. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Can't really argue with that. No, you can't. It's a good answer, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> last one, last one, last one. What is... What's your worst habit, Josh? Oh, right, okay. This is the one that, for, for, for yeah. full disclosure, this is the one that you asked me earlier, yeah. and I gave a real... Real uh, overthinking personal development guru overthink. You overthought it basically. I overthought it, yeah. yeah. Um, did I come to another answer? Not no. washing my hair oh, yeah, for not like three or four days. Why is that, Josh? Oh, it's so long and it takes ages to dry. Does it get knotty? Oh, mate. So bad. I don't look after my hair. So, um... You haven't washed it for a few days. I can tell it's a bit greasy today. No, I washed it yesterday because I went oh. swimming. It's oh. just still a little bit wet from... The steam room, the swimming. Oh, yeah, you're steaming with Yasif. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Yasif. Yasif, oh, brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, not washing my hair. I don't know, man. Do you think Do you you'll cut that? your hair again? No. I, I mean, I shave the borders, and Leah makes me cut it every now and then because it's got bad ends. Because when, I, when I met you, about a year in, you, you, you cut it short. I thought it looked quite good when you did that. No, I hated it, man. Did you? Oh, so I like the day I had it cut. I was just like, "What have I done?" Are you what glad you I did done? it though? Like just to see? Yeah, so that I can. Otherwise, I'd always have been like wondering, should I cut it short? I quite like it when it's a little bit long and like shaved around the sides, and I gel it back. Piggy blinder style. Yeah, but you have to gel it back every day. What I like about this, I know I have to wash it, and there's a bit of maintenance with that, but I just tie it up. Yeah. So. That's nice. How well, often do you. you wash your hair? Thank How often do you wash your hair? <laughs> yes. Every seven, <laughs> every seven years, just the front patch. Um, <laughs> um, What's your worst habit? Uh, that, no, I'm not. I'm not. This what? is about Josh. But, you can ask me no. next time. Okay. What's my worst habit? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what Aaron would say is my worst habit. Yeah, go on then. Shaving and leaving my hairs all over the sink. Oh, yeah, man. I get a lot of grief yeah. for that. I forget about it because I'm in a that. rush. I know about that. I know yeah. all about that. Yeah. I so, just updated my shaver to a one that's got a nose trimmer on it. Oh, I have a nose... What is it? Is it an extra little attachment or... Yep, trimmed my nose for the first time when I turned 35. Oh, I've been trimming since I was 20. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's growing in places. My hair grows in places I don't want it to. And it's falling away from places I want it to be. Yeah, that's a shame, man. I mean, like the nose trimmer for me is probably not quite big enough. I actually need one of them. You know what? You get all the... A like, lawnmower. 
all the white bits off of your t-shirt with. Oh, a, 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 a lint remover. A lint roller, yeah. yeah. I stick one of them up my nose or something. Now, do you know the hair in your nostrils? It has a purpose. What is this, what's its purpose? Well, it's just to keep dust and particles and dirt out. So actually you might find that you're sneezing more. You might get more sick. Yeah, well, when I first... Um, Keeps COVID out. <laughs> when I... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so 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 for COVID, right? Oh God! Uh, I don't know why I started quickly. you on COVID. Just quickly, just come quickly. On, we're going on, to then. we're going to Spain on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So we're going with Leah's sister and her family for her birthday. Um, they're all considered fully vaccinated, and me and Leah are not considered fully vaccinated because it only you're only fully vaccinated for two hundred and fifty days or something. Yeah, I didn't know that until you told me that. Yeah. Um, and so we have to do a test to prove we haven't got COVID to get on a plane with Laura and her family who are fully vaxxed and don't have to do a test. So if, if anybody can give me the logic behind that, I'd be pretty Well, if anyone has uh, the answer to that, could they send it on the back of a postcard to Josh, please? Do you know there's one other layer to it as well? Oh, come the on, test, the, the website that you have to buy the test off of, yeah? Yeah. The lateral flow test that yeah. you have to do. Yeah. There's two options of lateral flow tests. Yeah. They're both the same. Yeah. But one is two pound. Yeah. And one is twenty pounds. Oh dear. And the one to fly, yeah. you have to pay twenty pounds. Oh for. my god, Josh. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate, yeah. Josh, there was a DJ, uh producer, musician called Andy Weatherall. And yeah. he had a massive legion of fans. Sadly he died when he was uh, he died in twenty twenty, but he had a massive legion of fans. Uh, very well known, very well respected. Um, he had a very famous tattoo on his arms um, that said, fail we may, sail we must. Have you ever heard of that, ever come across it? We ever I haven't. Yeah. Does this guy have a DJ name? Andy Weberall. Or was that his it name? It was Andy Weberall. Oh, right. yeah. okay, yeah. um, what, what was your MC name again? Joshy C. Joshy C, mate. Yeah, J to the O S H Y C. I bet you wish that you were me. I bet you wish that you could MC and ask anyone around, and they probably know me. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Thank so back you. to Andy Weverell uh, <laughs> and this tattoo. So basically, I, I was um, I was uh, having a, a, a drink with an, a, a friend of mine who told me about the story of it, and basically, um, where this uh, fail we may sail we must. Uh, came from was he was doing a, a, a DJ gig in Cork in Ireland and he was getting driven around to the to the gig venue uh, by this young trawlerman a fisherman and um, he and they got to talking and this guy said that he at 18 years old he had in a force nine gale he had to bring the boat home um, mm. after his dad had broke his leg and Andy Webber goes well are there times when you just get up uh, in the morning you just can't be asked and that's when the guy said fail we may sail we must and what I love about that is just you know like sometimes you just you, you, you don't feel like you want to do it sometimes you feel like you can't but you have to sometimes there's no choice right those, those people have to put food on their table there's no choice you like you you might be scared of the seas you might be scared of like you know things that are ahead of you but for you to understand that you, you have to go out, you know, I think it's a really powerful message. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I really like it, particularly when you put the backstory to it, right? When you put that story to it, and and then I think when you look look at if I if I reflect on the space that I work in, um, people often forget the societal factors that impact people, right? So, like the single parent, for example, I often think that the conversation really lacks like inclusion because people are like. Um, you know, take a self-care day and all that sort of stuff. And I think sometimes that ain't possible for people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you haven't got a choice but to get up and you have to get on with it and yeah. you have to trudge on. Yeah. Um. And so it's not easy. So yeah, mate, I love it. I really yeah. like it. And why I brought that up is because you and I have often talked about, um, uh, you know, the the challenges that people face in today's world of work, today's society, you know, about like... Um, struggle and um overwhelm and burnout but i think there's another side to it where i think there's a, a, a heap of privilege around it as well right and like that example you just gave where um a single mum just doesn't have a choice you've got a gap and actually my, i remember it like being told stories about you know when my mum was sick with a fever like you know and my obviously my dad passed when i was 10 months old but she'd have to get up there was no choice she had to look after the kids there was no like staying in bed whereas now like you know if you've got two parents in the household you know one will hopefully cover for the other one you know what i mean and there's that level of support um or there's people that have to go and do two or three jobs just to just to kind of bring the minimum threshold in so when you think about sort of perceived challenges versus actual challenges do you think there's a gap sometimes between what we think is the most we can do versus the actual what we can do does that make sense yeah man yeah and you're getting into sort of i mean it's linked to the the rise of like neoliberalism or whatever it's called yeah where like this individualistic society that we live in where we create the idea that um any if you're struggling then it's on you, it's your fault. Only you can change and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all on you. Um, but when you give that example of like your mum, for example, my mum was the same. My mum couldn't take a self-care day when she was raising three boys, like three kids on her own after my dad, you know, even when my dad was alive and was an alcohol, you know, an alcoholic and the, the shit that he, you know, would have brought to the house as a result of that. Like she can't, she doesn't get a self-care day. Do you know what I mean? She has to get up and find a way. She has to find a way to get on with it. Um, and we've sort of we've sort of managed to get to this place where even the people that believe themselves to be the most compassionate and understanding who are trying to raise awareness of the mental health conversation seem to forget these people and just forget, you know, and you talk we talk about things like fucking mental fitness, as if take your mum, for example, yeah? Or my mum, in those years that we've just talked about, yeah, they weren't they weren't lacking in mental fitness if they were struggling, right? They were living in a world and experiencing the world in a way that meant fucking struggle was inevitable. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, I, look, I've been exploring it a lot with the work that I do and the content that I put out of late has been based around a lot of this stuff, um, and in some ways it contradicts a lot of maybe what I've. Uh, taught in the past I don't know if it does I mean I think you've always been quite vocal and I think quite courageously vocal about um, 
not necessarily pathologizing everything not like yeah uh, uh you know n not saying that actually when there's a trigger that that's the place where you just stop any challenge and actually you've actually quite bravely because and i say bravely because of the you know the people in your space might disagree with you quite strongly but you say sometimes no you have to separate you know the the individual challenge and you have to separate what uh uh, you know uh, what people might be feeling versus what they need to do to kind of get through it you can't just pathologize and treat everyone at that first level of conflict right and uh so i think i think it's consistent what i think though is is um what i'm trying to point to is if you feel that there's always an option out then then you don't push through right so if you feel like okay i get to a certain point of challenge or struggle and then you say okay well that's it i'm you know i'm just gonna you know stop there um you, ha you live a life of privilege you know and uh because there are some people like the examples of our mum and countless others who live in society today that just don't have the choice so when when people talk about mental health days and take an hour and we all have the same hours in this in this in the same day we also have the same 24 hours it's total bullshit yeah it's totally like um, unempathetic, uncompassionate to like some of the struggles. So that's why when I see a lot of this stuff on LinkedIn, I think, okay, but are you thinking about the people that aren't white collar, that aren't just going to be reading here? It's not that straightforward, you know? Yeah. And I'm just curious as to, you know, what you think we, we could do to help people get more like wise and aware to the fact that not not everyone has the same level of privilege around this i think it's i think it's really really hard right i think it's really hard with where the way that the world the world is wrong to say that in western culture at least the, the way that we're sort of moving what we seem to be moving towards um is more of this neoliberalism right which is which is which suggests that it all lies within you Right? and everything that you need and everything that it all lies within you and it's it's a real problem because um you know uh rishi sunak have you seen that he started the conversation of uh if you miss a doctor's appointment you should be charged 10 pound no i that? didn't see that part of what he's saying is if you miss a doctor's appointment you should be charged 10 pound right and i guess like what he's thinking of is the busy person who just thinks, oh, I can't make that doctor's appointment, so sod it, I'll rebook, right? He doesn't think of my mum or your mum back in the day who's just up against it, right? Probably has nights where they hold it together for us kids, put them to bed, lay in bed at night, can't even shut their eyes, don't know whether to cry, worried if they do that they won't stop, right? Feel like, how am I gonna do the next day? And they wake up the next day and they get the kids to school and then they go home and get the house sorted and they cook the food and everybody tells you that you should cook healthy food and you should make your meals from scratch. And so then they do that and then they look on the calendar and think, shit, I've missed that doctor's appointment. And then Richie Sunak wants to slap them with a £10 fine when they can't even afford the, the dinner that they've just made for their kids in some instances, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, but, but, but that way of thinking that Richie Sunak is talking about... Um, is sort of like the, the polarized version of what seems to be creeping in everywhere. And, yeah. I, you know, my space is the mental health space. You're, you know, you're in the sort of personal development space as well, really, right? And it's in there now. It's in there now where I see people that work in the space that I work in, like, 
I don't struggle anymore. I do, I've seen people, I took a day out and went to the beach for the day and and I think, fucking, well, good for you, man. Well, good for you. But that, like, that's not self-care. That's fucking taking a day at the beach. <laughs> having a day at the beach, yeah. It's having a day at the beach that, 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 that you're able to do. So, like, to bring, sorry, to so to rant and then to bring it back to the question, how, how do we start creating changes? I think one of the important ways is, is I do, and I really believe this, there's a lot of power in storytelling and getting people's personal experiences out there in a way that people can hear. Because um, I do think that most people, you know, will see that. Like, would, I'd love to sit in front of, to use the Rishi Sunak example, and say to him what I've just said to him, and you want to charge him £10? And just... See what how he reacts to that. Oh, you know, he would just do what the politicians do, and they all, he'll say. No, but I'm on about I'm on about when he's not being a politician. If you if you always your, a politician, on, but I know what you I know what you mean. On like, your own with yeah, him, like nah, I don't. I think most humans would be like, you know, yeah. Even Rishi, you know, even Rishi Sunak on his own would be like, shit, man, you're right. You, Savage everywhere. Savage <laughs> just everywhere. Yeah, I'm just going to intoxicate you and make you think about other things. <laughs> Stop thinking about the poor people. Just just think about my lovely smells. <laughs> It'd win me over. Yeah, yeah you're right. All right, right. I'll pay yeah, Everything you say, yeah. You should be prime minister. Um, yeah, but I also, I think there's sort of awareness, but also I'd love people to really um, get behind the notion of of fail we may, sell we must. Because sometimes when you wake up and you think about um, what other people are doing, what you're not doing, uh, focusing on uh, you know, what isn't going right, sometimes you've just got to take some of that energy and just kind of push yourself into that. We talk a lot about the comfort zone and the fear zone and then expanding the comfort zone. But you know, a lot of people might just stop at the comfort zone and you have to push into that fear zone, right? You have to kind of go into that space of, of um, what it feels like to have no choice and you just got to like get up and do it. Um, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish the conversation around mental health and burnout and overwhelm and stress. I'm just saying that it's down to us to figure out how we move through it. No one can do that for us. Right. We mm. have to figure it out. And that's why it's really important to sometimes consider, well, what if I had no choice? What if I had no choice? What w would my decision be different? Would I choose a different outcome? Yeah. And, you know, when I look at like the journey I went on from when I used to work in the factory to where I am now. That was built around becoming so depressed in that job. I sort of. I, I embodied that energy of your mum and my mum when we were younger, where it was like, I can't go back there. I can't, you know, like I, you know, like my mum and your mum some mornings would have been like, I can't stay in bed. I've got to get up. Well, if you think about it, you did exactly that. Fail I might, sail I must. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it was that because I, and I was driven by, I know where I go when I go to full on depression. Yeah. I know where I go. And it ain't, you don't come out of it. So, like I was, you know, driv I was driven by that. Fa yeah, fail we might, sail we must. I love it. Brilliant. I really like it, yeah. Very good. All right. So, Josh, did you watch the uh, <clears throat> Euro final with the Lionesses winning the cup? 
I did, mate. I did. I watched. Uh, I watched every game apart from the Northern Ireland one, uh, which was a bit of dead in the water. True fan. In the group stage. Not not like us uh, glory hunters who came in right at the end and started to celebrate and winning uh, uh, ways. Yeah, but let me just uh, caveat that by saying I've watched women's football for quite a number of years, but yeah. only because I. Uh, it's it's not me like you know I've been I watch I will watch table tennis on telly right like I've watched at the moment all I watch is Commonwealth Games yeah, yeah. I was up till uh, you know I watched an hour of the long jump last night um, you're just so, perfecting your long jump technique is, is that why yeah, you do it? Oh, yeah oh mate have you seen them and they jump oh man um, so yeah I'm 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 sport obsessed and it, I thought it was brilliant I was quite emotional at the end of it my daughter Maya who is uh, Five or six, yeah, six. Five. Uh, she was down watching it, and she, honestly, at the final whistle when they were all celebrating, this true. Um, she was like, "I want to go football." Yeah. When can I start football? That's so, brilliant. like, it, yeah. it, like it was very clear. I didn't make a LinkedIn post about that house. Yeah, but that well, did that's happen. it. I mean, we saw we saw a lot of LinkedIn posts literally get posted. Uh, the the second they'd won, so obviously, um, yeah, people used it as an opportunity to uh, celebrate the win, but also celebrate themselves on social media uh, for their <laughs> wisdom. Um, but listen, do you know do you know what um, do you know what the Lionesses got for winning? Is it forty five grand? Fifty five right? grand. Yeah. Do you know what the men got for reaching the final? Is it a hundred? Three hundred thousand. Is that each? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they would? What the men would have got if they won the tournament? Uh, no. Four hundred sixty thousand. Wow. What do you think? That's ten times more than the women. It's incredible, isn't it? Now, in in say the Premier League, the women's with the women's league. On average, bar a few individuals that probably earn uh, about two hundred grand a year, two hundred thousand pounds a year, right? Yeah. Uh, the average uh, earnings for a uh, for a female player is forty seven thousand per year. Yeah. Do you know what the men's average per week is? Six, sixty thousand per week. Right. Yeah. It just shows there's a huge disparity now. Some might argue to say, well, you know, the, the 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 men's game has been, you know, developed and commercialized to such a degree. So you can sort of potentially with sponsorship deals and all that sort of stuff, you can understand that. But I don't think there's any justification for the FA being able to pay women so low. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. The, so the FA one, definitely. Like yeah. it's just, uh, you know, there's quite a few FAs, isn't there? So I think like... I say, yeah. I imagine the FA pay... Um, uh, the, the bonuses, England but players. if not, it'll be UEFA, right? So, but a body that is, yeah. you know, not a, a body. Yeah, 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 yeah. They should be paying the same. They should be paying equal. It, I'm pretty sure it is the FA because uh, I think it's like the Dutch FA. I'm, there's a couple of them that are probably like Denmark and Finland. You know, yeah, like the, them ones. The good countries. Each Sweden, yeah. Sweden. Yeah. 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 yeah, they're paying equal, aren't they? Yeah. That I know that they they pay their national team equal and we don't yet. I'd imagine that will change as a result of this. I'd imagine that will change a bit. I do think that the WSL is 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 a slightly different story. It's a slightly different scenario. 
um, because that's to do with the revenue and yeah, the and players I, are I, assets, right? Yeah, so it I, is I, different. I agree. Right? I agree. And there's a, a journey. I still think it's probably a lot less than they should be getting, but you can understand where the disparity comes from to a degree in terms of legacy structure and I guess investments in, in the men's side of the game. Yeah. But I'm really talking about, you know, the, those, those, you know, sporting bodies, um, they'll argue the same sort of thing that the men's game brings in more, more rights, more TV, all that sort of stuff. But I just think the disparity is far too great, but you know what? It's not just, um, restricted to football. There was, um, they do an annual study on the, on the gender pay gap and, um, Women are still only paid 90p for every pound that that men get. Now you might think that right. that's not you might think that that's not that bad, but actually it shouldn't be that in today's day and age. You should be a pound for a pound. It should right? be equal, like, yeah. Um, EasyJet at EasyJet, women get 36p for every pound that men get. How's that worked out? How? What do you mean? How's it worked out? How do they, they look at they look at uh, women's salaries versus um, men's salaries, and they they do the average and the and the median. So on the women on the female population, uh, uh, they just think that seems massive gap. Is, yeah. it, is there less? Is there like they've a got, lot more? They've got arguments for it. They'll pilots. say that most of their pilots are male. Most of the cabin right. crew were female. They were furloughed. But that that might be you know significant but that shows that that's still a major issue like um yeah hsbc <clears throat> the median so the average male earnings were at least double that of women wow and in finance insurance sector women uh on average get 88p for every pound that men get so wow. it's, it's still like it's still such a just such a major, major problem. What do you think about that? Um, well, clearly, we've still got like a long way to go, right? Um, clearly. I think the the football one will change. I think it will change by the next tournament, yeah. right? Uh, I think that's inevitable. And that's down to the women and the thing that they've put in. You know, they were... Uh, we've seen enough LinkedIn posts to know that women were banned from playing football, right? When we last won the World Cup in 66. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're not, you know, it's that's not a very long time, is it? To go from being banned uh, to equal pay. That doesn't justify it or make it right, right? We should, when you notice something's wrong, you should work hard to change it um, very, very quickly. Um but yeah, it's clearly it's clearly still a problem in a lot of industries, and I think, like I I think. Um, oh, by the way, Josh, be... while you talk, let me just say it's getting it's going to get worse again because, um, so the reason that we're starting to look at this is because you know as being part of the European Union, we had to um, we had to report on the gender pay gap, and the the reason that that. You know, you, you, if you if you air it, if you have to declare it, then you know, then you're sort of held, you're you're held to it, and you have to kind of change it. And it is your you have to have a strategy as to how you're going to address it. In the last year or two, reportings have gone down, so that means right. I think businesses are taking you know the opportunity to either risk getting fined, or they're not you know they're not going to you know they're not going to kind of deliver the reports. 
um, so that they'll they'll continue to like, allow it to happen because it it takes a lot. You can't just go, oh, we need to raise everyone's pay because obviously if you need to raise for parity, then that cost has to come from somewhere else. So it's not just you can just yeah. suddenly just go, oh, we're going to find this money, even though, you, you know, technically you should probably argue that it should be just found. So that's why people are reporting less. So it isn't just going to get fixed like, and, and people aren't, you know, taking it seriously enough. But in this day and age, it's unacceptable, right? And I'm just talking about gender uh, pay uh, parity. There's obviously, you know, race when you, uh, you know, so, you know, people of colour, women are, you know, doubly, if you like, going to get impacted. And then you've got, you know, able-bodied people versus disabled people. Like it's, you know, mm. there's just, you know, there's just... Uh, a continuum of like you know this gap and it's just increasing we're, we you know when you look at like the poverty gap now it's just increasing right so i think something i'm really like when i looked into this a bit i had a hunch that they would be paid a lot less um for the for winning the tournament but i was really really shocked it was so much lower it, it didn't even yeah, start it half, with three. Isn't it? it didn't even start with three numbers you know like it's crazy yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. celebrating like, you know, it's this wonderful moment and everything's changed and you had loads of people talking about it. But I haven't seen in nearly enough people talking about this since the win. They talked about yeah. how inspirational it was, what leaders they were, true grit, all that stuff. But not enough men or companies have been addressing this fact. So that's why I thought let's talk about it on our podcast. Yeah, well, it's that typical pointing, isn't it? That's why, by the way, there should have been lots of posts about it the day after. And I think I saw lots of, particularly women, by the way, posting about how, what, what a big deal it was for them. And I think that's great. And it was really good to see. Um, yeah. I also think there were lots of people that were posting. And I think fucking... I really don't, as a bit of a side note, um, I feel really uncomfortable that when anything, good or bad, but big, happens in the world today the scramble to get to the good post on social media rather than actually doing something it's, it makes me really really uncomfortable it makes me really really uncomfortable uh, i, I mean, hate it. it it's it's just the way it's just the way of the world right now but you know it is really important to to use your platforms for not just for um performative reasons but actually just to try and drive change which is you know yeah. why we do it here hopefully we'll do a few you know we'll do a few clips and put it on social media as well to drive you know drive awareness and get people talking about it and 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 if we can you know encourage you know a few hr leaders or ceos or whatever to think about it differently then that's a good that's a good thing yeah yeah and at least start those conversations right and yeah. to make people start to reflect. That's what, you know, that's probably what we need more of, right? Is to reflect. Yeah. That's, that's you know, what I try to do. I don't always achieve it. But when something big happens, I do always try and reflect. What do I need to, what can I do? Rather than just going on LinkedIn and doing a post about what everybody else, you know, everybody else. I think, well, like, let me reflect. What What does this mean to me? And let me use this moment to get curious about how I interact with the world. Yeah. I think if everybody did, if everybody was more like me, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? If everybody did a bit more of that in these moments, um, the world would be a better place, Hass. Wow. On that note, 
<laughs> on that note, uh, reasons to be cheerful. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had a frog in my throat. <laughs> reasons to be cheerful, Josh. Uh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. It's, re- it's really, it's really low level. Okay. I'm really excited that the football is starting this yep. weekend. What well, tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited because I like football and watching it. But I'm more excited because it it's the return of fantasy football and our competition. Because, frankly, I think we've been a bit too nice to each other since the season's ended. And I'm quite looking forward yeah. to actually being pretty brutal to each other on WhatsApp. So yeah, that's my, that's yeah. my reason. Hang on, I'm finished. So that's my reason Sorry, to be mate. cheerful. Yeah, and doing? I'm like, just I'm just really pleased that you're doing it again. You know, you finished ninth last year, and that was such a big achievement for you. Yeah, you know, you you're ju- probably you're just going to repeat. We, you're just going to repeat think, the WhatsApp message you know, left me yesterday morning. I think you know, and I think we know, and I think everybody knows that you're never gonna you're never gonna beat that. But you're going again. Yeah, Hass, you're I going did beat again. You twi- and two I think, years in a row. I, and I, think, I beat you and I think, two years Hass, in a row. And I Has, really enjoyed that uh, Shum Indian meal that Has, you bought me. Yeah, I know, I know. And I just, I think the fact that you're going again, you know, fail, fail we, we may, sail we but must. Sail we must. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Okay, brilliant. Now, what's your reason to be cheerful? <laughs> I'm laughing for as long as I can because I haven't thought of a reason to be cheerful. Uh <laughs> What can I do today? I always forget to do. Did you remember to do that? Reasons to be cheerful. Had you? Yeah, because you always remember it when it's your week, isn't it? Yeah, I think stop you do. Just fucking gla- stop staring at me, like <laughs> as if to say, get your reasons to be cheerful out. Um, okay. I love how you're doing that. You're just talking and trying to think at the same time, multitasking. I've been in the I've been in the game a long time, mate. <laughs> I've been in the game a long time. Uh. Uh, look, my reasons to be cheerful is holiday. It would be so nice because uh, we're going away to Marbella on Monday. Lovely. So, a, yeah. uh, me and the fam, me and the family, there's a plunge pool at uh, the apartment that we're staying at. Has it got a steam room? Could you steam with some... It's got some... a sauna. It's got a sauna. Steaming, steaming with Josh in Marbella. Brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> So, so it's no carbs before mobs. Oh yeah. Which I'm not, you know, I'm I've gone the other way and just thought I'm gonna carb my head off before I mob during my head off. and after. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, brilliant! When do you fly out? Monday morning, six o'clock Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mate, early start Monday, and we get out there. That's why we're recording on Zoom today. Have a wonderful time, Josh, and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.